0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This is an hour-long podcast discussing all things Mexican football. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and on today's episode, we're going to cover El Tri's next manager. We're going to cover Liga Mequis and the FMF announcing proposed changes. Julio Araujo, not going to Barcelona. Liga Mequis, Mexicans abroad, and much more. And helping me out today is the Athletics' Felipe Garnes. Felipe, welcome to the pod, man. It's your uh, first appearance on the Mexican Soccer Show.
1: I know, man, and and I know you guys have been trying to get me on, and we just haven't been able to connect. But finally, we did it. I'm very happy to be on. Very excited. What's up, Cesar?
0: Yeah, especially because uh, so when we were in Qatar, because we were both covering the World Cup, we had that great talk about Andriy and like midfielders and like Luis Chavez. Yeah. It must have been like an hour long conversation as we were walking from argentina's training all the way to the metro it was a little bit of a longer walk than we thought it would be but I remember- yeah people don't <laughs> realize
1: people don't realize that qatar university that campus is massive it's a ma- right. it's massive and we just decided hey, like you know instead of waiting for the ubers or waiting for the shuttles let's just walk and see if we can catch you know an uber uh, outside the campus and we were like walking and walking and walking, walking. it got to a point where remember a bus just like picked us up <laughs> and, it, and the bus the that bus ride that took us to where we had to be was like a seven minute bus ride so we still yeah. had quite a ways to go <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. But yeah we covered a lot we, we got like way into the weeds we're like no one believes in luis chavez we do and look at the guy that was before he had that worldly right. by the way that
0: was yeah you you and i knew you and i knew yeah. but ever then um i was thinking i was like ah oh, i should like ask him to record with it but then i got too lazy but hey three months later here we we're are here recording the three pod.
1: months oh my gosh it's been that long yeah right incredible
0: <laughs> but to begin today's episode uh let's dive into some of the bigger news from last week la galaxy fullback and mexican international julian araujo was well he was set to join barcelona and then as the days progressed we learned that the deal didn't go through literally 18 seconds too late and Felipe, at first i want to hear your thoughts of this situation uh you, you got to feel bad for an
1: i mean first of all i was surprised when it the, there's a link to barcelona not because right. uh, you know i honestly feel like uh Araujo julian who i've spoken to uh one-on-one at a, a feature on him last year i believe you know good player bright future you know he's going to be in the fullback picture for mexico and the fact that he chose mexico is like a huge deal it still is like i still think about that and i'm like. That was massive for for what the dual national recruitment is like and what it's going to look like moving forward. You know that was a huge get for Mexico. Uh, and if I, when I watch him play, I've always thought, you know, as, as soon as he shores up his defensive awareness and he's a little bit yeah. more locked in you know this is going to be a, quite a prospect and i remember when he was talking to me last year he was like oh i love to play defense i love 1v1 defense and in my head i'm like okay that's great like that he has that goal but that's actually where he needs to work a lot better like that was like what i would think he would have to focus on so i had yeah. him pegged as like if he moves abroad from mls which i i felt was right uh, you know, there were links to Porto. And I was like, that would be a great league for him. You know, with the Portuguese league, you get to Europe, you're playing in this league that like develops young players and then pushes them through to bigger clubs. Uh, I would not have been surprised of seeing him at a big club in Mexico. Honestly, that would have been and I th- I, I, I thought I felt that would have been good for him as well. But the Barcelona link caught me completely off guard. And then as you start reading, and it, it's like, Oh, like maybe he'll start at Barcelona B or like, is that the right move? Like, is that the right move for, for this kid? Um, so I remember just hanging back. And yeah. as the drama started to unfold, it was pretty shocking to be honest with you that this is still happening in in, at, in this day and age. Like, and, and I, I heard a lot of jokes about like the voodoo fax, like is Barcelona still r- and, like running things on this fax machine? Like what is going on? And so in the end, you know, I think multiple reports now that the, the finger pointing is, is looking more towards the MLS side that things just didn't go through in time. Maybe we'll never know, but it, it, it's it's a letdown. I think it's a letdown because you want to see a player like that just get out of the league, out of MLS. And I think the landing spot now, if you think about it, Barcelona B, Rafa Marquez, he's coaching that team. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense in the end. It's a shame.
0: Yeah, I also feel bad for for Alcol because I remember there were images of him during a, a recent LA Galaxy training and he was, and this is when he was still in limbo. This is during that moment where people were saying, it was like, oh, was it too late? Will FIFA prove this? Is it going to go through? And I felt bad for the guy because there is footage of him training by himself. And I was thinking yeah. like, what could have been going through his mind at, at that point? I know you're saying like, you know, it was a little bit of a, you're trying to find the connection there between, uh, Barcelona. But for me, I know it was a brief stint with him, but he was a part of Barca's uh, residency Academy right. in Arizona. Right. So I, I know it was pretty short. It wasn't like he was there for an extended period of time, but you could imagine any kid who's probably involved with that program would probably, you know, look up to potentially being able to, to join, you know, the senior team, perhaps one day, yeah. you know, in, in, in Spain. So, I, I do feel a little bad for him. And, I, and I think it's frustrating for Mexican soccer fans because as as we've seen for a few different reasons, it's it's tough to get Mexican players to Europe. Yeah. I I know this is a a U.S. born player, but he was still obviously eligible for for all three, and it's 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 difficult to see moves like these, right? Especially in, you know, let's say in the last in the last couple of years for 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 an up and coming uh you know Mexican player to to make the leap to a team like Barcelona. I know this isn't the same, you know, Barcelona that you know that we watched growing up that, that was a little bit hey, of a different level. But, they're
1: but... eight points they're at they're they're in the they're at the top of the league right exactly. now. Top of the table, exactly. eight points ahead of Real Madrid, the European champion. So I hear exactly you
0: know. yeah exactly. So I, I, I feel I feel bad for, I feel bad for you know fellow Mexican soccer fans. And yeah. you you do hope that you know I am an optimist so I, I I I hope that this gives him extra motivation. I hope that this really kickstarts things in 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 twenty twenty three because you talk to Galaxy fans, you talk to Galaxy supporters, and they I feel like the consensus with Araujo is there is there is high potential. They really appreciate him making like we're work, working work his way up through the system, but that he might not be as consistent as they as as they would like for yeah, him to be. So maybe this this gives them that extra bit of motivation. And oh, then we'll see, we'll see cool. what happens in the summer. But once again, I'm saying this as an optimist. I know I'm saying this as an I know, optimist. I know <laughs> you're,
1: you're, you're quite the optimist. I said, by the way, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree though. I think people often forget that there are this. Is so this is kind of cheesy, but like there are human emotions involved here, you know, like, right there, yeah. the business has, has become such a, a business, you know, especially on social media and like the newsbreakers, and that you know, there are fans that like probably don't watch games. Like all they do is just watch the transfer market. That's that is the sport for them. Uh, And so, you know, that's fine. That's that's where the sport is going. But there's it takes a little bit to think about what a player like any player, honestly, a young player that is being targeted by Barcelona and that has this opportunity to go to get through the door because sometimes you just have yeah. to get through the door and that door was open for him. And it just slams shut. And so I, I, I'm actually going to be the devil's advocate here and okay. think that like how how do you come back from that? Like how do you now focus yeah. on yeah. the 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 MLS season when you know that you were you were just you know seconds away from moving on to Europe? Now clearly this is a player that if I'm Gergany and I'm his, I'm and I'm in Julian uh, Julian Aruhu's camp, you're telling him you've got to aim for the summer. You've got to crush yep. it now and get to the summer window and prove that like you know you are of this caliber but i'm sure there's going to be a hangover for him you know i think he's a a, a dedicated individual and a, a mature enough athlete even though like when i spoke with him i'm like this is a young player you know this is a young player that like needs to see the world uh but you know i think he has a good support system around him and i mm-hmm. i really like Greg Vanny i think he has one of the best coaches in the league that's going to understand this and like is going to support this guy and, and get him to not only be focused and get over the you know the disappointment, but now probably push him to be better. I agree. Like I think the Galaxy fans know Julian who probably better than anyone else. Like they've seen him grow up. Uh, but to your point. You know I put him squarely in the bucket of Mexican players that are trying to get out and get to Europe. I know yeah. to your point, he was Mexican, he's, he's American born, he's Mexican American, but he chose the Mexican flag. Like to yep. that that does it for me. Like now he is in that bucket, and he's one of the high potential players in of all of Mexico that yep. is peaking and trying to get to Europe. And I know we're going to get to it, but that's that's a big focus of, of the league now. Like they are literally trying to mm-hmm. change rules so that more players can get out. So this was a huge slap. It was an absolute slap in the face to Mexican soccer. Uh, and and it's a shame that it happened to a player like Julian Arojo, but I think you're right. Like I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of optimism. I think he has the right path now that it's opened up that if he just plays well and he becomes, you know, borderline or, or uh, within that best 11 field of the fullbacks in MLS, he's going to be fine. He'll be gone.
0: Well, one thing I don't feel optimistic about is the current uh coach situation uh for mexico's men's <laughs> <Don't>. national team <laughs> even even i can't feel that optimistic uh, but.
1: that's dire
0: <laughs> but felipe I, we talked about this on the on the on the last episode uh, there are a number of candidates that we've seen recently uh, my colleagues over at espn mexico they've listed um six candidates such as you know pio herrera hierba almada diego coca nacho ambriz and uh, turco mohamed and basically a question mark over Marcelo bielsa but yeah. you know we we, we 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 can dive into each one and dive into the pros and cons of each one but i want to know if you were in charge if you and you know what it doesn't even have to be from this list it could be any of these or it could, it could be up to you it, like if it were up to you and i'm saying obviously a realistic option who would you choose as the next manager for mexico's men's national team
1: Okay. So, first of all, disclaimer, because sometimes I have to honestly say this. I, I see this in the comment section. A lot of the stories that I write for Mexico, people are confused. I'm not Mexican. You know, I'm Colombian born, American raised. So, immediately, like, I do look at this from a different view, but being a Colombian. I think that's a great view, actually. I think yeah, that's a great view. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I look at that list and I look at Mexican soccer. I've been covering them closely for three years. And like, I've gotten. To understand the politics, the problems, the benefits, the the promise, you know, the things that will probably never change. And especially with Tata Martino, it was like this, for me, it just pr- proved that uh, the, it's not the coach, you know, I think every coach has uh-huh. their issues, every coach fails in a different way, or every coach finds success on the in their own way. But like, there's a common denominator here. And, and uh-huh. it is the environment, it is both what happened, just the, the passion of the sport in Mexico, the way it is lived, the way it is supported, the way it's written about in the media. And the Federation just has so many tentacles connected all over the place, uh, that it's really hard for any coach to to do what he wants. It, it's just like you can have these great plans, and Tata did, you know, we're gonna do yeah. this. I'm gonna put I'm gonna I'll never forget 2019 the talk about him getting the seat at the table, you know, with the owners and like, no coach has done that. And let alone a foreign coach and he got the seat and it didn't matter in the end, you know, like he it was like, you're swimming against the current. So, but to answer your question, when I look at the list and it's, it's kind of an easy one for me, like, I think it should be Guillermo Almala, you know, Agreed. because Agreed. it's, it's, you look at I, I, the things that I agree with, about what is needed to coach Mexico is a deep, deep knowledge of not just the league, but of the culture, the mentality, the psyche uh-huh. of the Mexican player. And I remember asking Tata Martino in 2019 at a press conference in Denver during Gold Cup if part of his job was to change the, the psychology and the mentality of the Mexican player. And he danced around it. He danced around the question because that's a touchy subject. You don't want a foreign right. coach to say, yes. You know Mexican players are soft, or Mexican players aren't aren't focused enough, or whatever it may be. Like as soon as a foreign coach says that, like he might be done. And so he danced around the question. It's not, it wasn't his responsibility to say that, but that is such a key part of a coach's job. And Guillermo Armada has worked in Mexico for many years. He has won titles in Mexico. He has lost. Titles in Mexico as a runner up and he's done it with young players. He, he uh-huh. believes in the Academy system. Uh-huh. He believes in that education that a lot of the young Mexican players are getting. He has a defined style of play that I think players, they don't necessarily struggle with it. I think it, it fits a lot of the, the style of the Mexican players. Uh, and he seems to be a, an ambitious leader. Uh, this is a guy that's like that wants the job and he's used to the environment that we just that we that I just talked about that we're very mm-hmm. used to, you know, that that volatile volcanic atmosphere that is Mexican soccer, especially in media. So all those things, he won't have a learning curve. Yep. And I think that's key. Uh, and and I know the, 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 the debate about should this coach be a Mexican? I understand it 100%. Like, I think there's a lot of value there as well. Uh, but he's to me, he stands out as one of those outliers that has been in Mexico long enough to take on that job and do it well.
0: And I think, too, what's desperately needed, and I'm glad that you said Almada, because I 100% agree, what's desperately needed is a generational change within the roster. And when you look at some of the up-and-coming players uh, within Mexican soccer, within Liga Mequis, you recognize that a handful of them are involved in Bachuca already. It's yes. not as if he doesn't know these players. You, you, yeah, you, For me, personally... I wrote about him recently. Mariso Isais, I'm a big fan of, of him. He plays at left back. He was part of the sparring squad for all uh, that went to Qatar. Um, he's right there playing as a starter for Pachuca. You look at Eric Sanchez in the midfield. You look at Kevin Alvarez. There's, w- w- and, and you look even deeper and deeper within that Pachuca setup. And you can see, and it's not a surprise, you could see the future of of, of Mexican soccer A very Chavez. very significant yeah luis chavéz especially yeah. right there i didn't mention him because he's a little bit older he's older yes, exactly. he,
1: you're right i remember when when almada was in atlanta for for a friendly pachuca atlanta united i went to the presser yeah. and i asked him straight up about luis chavéz this was before the world cup yeah. and i'll just remember for never forget like he was like i wish i would have had him bef- earlier yeah. like i wish i would have had him earlier it was like and it came from like his heart you could tell yeah, and, I was... and those are players that like a coach identifies that type of player, and they 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 daydream about what they can do with yep. him. So you're right; he's a little old, but he just it was a late bloomer. I think he still definitely has a future with the national team. Luis Chávez.
0: You know, I shouldn't say old when you consider some of the current <laughs> leaders within the Mexican national <laughs> no. team. So I really shouldn't actually say that he's an older player when you have the Guardados and the Achiaches, even though Guardados you know kind of put himself out of the the picture now for old 3 in the future, but and you look at the achi-aches and you look at well, basically uh, yeah, every striker right there that was going to the World Cup uh, for old three, you know, in, in their thirties. So I think for me, it was all the reasons that you mentioned there. It's like you said, it's it's someone who trusts youth players. It's someone who's found success through that trust. It's someone who knows Liga MX, and like I said, it's someone who, you know, he's a part of that next generation uh, yeah. uh, of, of young Mexican. Talent. He he knows them. So I, I I find that promising. As I mentioned other shows. Um, as someone who watches, you know Bachuka fairly regularly, you know he is he does get a lot of yellows when he argues with refs. He does. He is a little fine. bit. of a,
1: uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. People yeah. like thought Tata was like very low key, but on the sideline, the yeah. dude was nuts. And like if you, talk the, if you talk to the you talk to the players that he had here in Atlanta, they were yeah. like, "That guy is like yeah. ultra competitive." I think it's fine. I think it's. <laughs> fine. I think
0: it's because I, I think I'm just because I get like the flashbacks. I'm just like, oh, like, like yeah. and, maybe, and maybe that's part of it why I'm I'm, I'm a little. Word. But I would say in the list of the list of pros, really, really strongly outweighs that that con there uh when it comes to him being a little bit of a uh, of a hothead on the on yeah. the sideline. But but I I think he's a great candidate. But I something I want to ask you because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So you didn't say Bielsa. I think for a lot of people that is a a dream situation. I yeah. think the more I think about it the more I convince myself it's not the dream move for Mexico. I think on paper, maybe most clubs, most national teams would immediately look at him and be like, wow, this is, this is a a storied and almost like mythical kind of like figure. So of course he would work at our system. Of course he would work here. But the more I think about it, the more I wonder if it would blow up within a matter of months. (laughs) So what what are your thoughts? That's the risk. That's the risk. What, What are your thoughts there?
1: Okay, I'll quickly say you mentioned Mauricio Isais. I mean, good player, top player. That's a dual national yeah. too. I think that guy is exactly. going to have, you know, I don't know. He's gotten a lot better under Almada, So, yeah. Uh, you know, that could be pro-Mexico right there, right away, if if, yeah. if if Almada gets a job. But, you know, I love Bielsa. I'm a Bielsaista. You know, I like the style of play. I like the philosophy. I I, I have done a lot of research on Bielsa because I've written about some of his – Quote unquote disciples, right? Like Gabriel Heinze, I covered him in Atlanta. He wasn't here very long, but before he got here, you know, I understood like the the coaching tree that he was coming from. Tata Martino also coming from the same Uh coaching tree. Uh Uh, And, you know, he, what Mauricio, what um, Marcelo Bielsa did for Chile and, you know, for that, in that World Cup run, I think it was 2010, you know, he changed chilean football it was like they Mm -hmm. needed a change they needed somebody to come in and like unplug everything and start again and it wasn't like everything he did in chile for the national team was excellent like there were some there were some losses that were um you know really debilitating to the program but there's some big wins and he got into the world cup and he, he he established a way of playing that when you still watch chile today in 2023 like 13 15 years after bielsa there's still a lot of what he did is still entrenched in that philosophy. That says that that's that's what you that's the jackpot right there when you when yeah. you hire a national team manager. So, uh, I, you know, and I and I liked what he did at Leeds. Like it was an inspiring story. You know, it was tough to to maintain in a league like the Premier League, uh, but Marcel Bielsa has everything that you would want in the type of coach that's going to inspire players, no matter the language that that they're that they're speaking who's going to instill a certain level of discipline as far as just like the tactics go, the belief goes, but I am 100% on board with you that I think it's just the wrong move for Mexico.
0: Right. Because,
1: yeah. uh, I, I mean, and, and for me, it's like the most basic thing. How do you go from Tata Martino, which is a sort of like a junior version of Marcelo Bioso without the volatility, you know, public volatility, uh, an Argentine coach, so you're at, you're you're, dump, you're jumping into the four national team coach again. That debate that will not go away. That'll just hover around his his tenure if he's he's the coach. And Marcelo Bielsa has has a track record of like as soon as there's a disagreement with up with, with, right. with upper management, like he's out, he's out. Yeah. So if you're looking for, and Mexico has and the United States, like two teams that have this runway to the next World Cup that they're hosting, you've got to get this hire right. You've got to get it right. And it has to be, you know, essentially a, a, a long-term hire, here, a cycle here that builds up to the World Cup where you're hitting your peak. And so I always, I honestly, I laughed when I saw Bielsa link to Mexico because I was like, this yeah. makes no sense to me at all. <laughs> yeah. And I've been on hundreds now zoom calls with mexican reporters and tata martino and i was starting to picture like that circus with bielsa
0: could you you imagine that and i was like
1: (laughs) this i mean maybe i'll do it for the vibes maybe i'm into it for the vibes but uh it just didn't seem right i feel like the timing isn't right like mexico right now is in one of the their deepest crisis as far as football the men's the megs programs go they need a hire that's going to write the shit not one that's going to come in and immediately. I think put people on guard uh, perhaps in in an uncomfortable way. So this is going to shock, not even shock people. Maybe this is controversial. Like Bielsa is a little bit like more suited for the U.S. if you're going to, between those two countries. And like, I don't even love it for that. I don't even love Bielsa for that, for that national team either, but it's a totally different environment. It's the sport is not the top sport in the world. You're not going to be hounded every single day. And that's how it is in Mexico.
0: Yeah, no, actually, that's that's actually a great shout because I feel like the 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 media pressure, the media, the scrutiny, perhaps would be not perhaps it wouldn't one hundred percent not be at the same level. No way, maybe. not
1: even so, close. And, yeah. and listen, Tata Martino came from Barcelona, came from Argentina. We're like, especially in Argentina, but here he's I think he's on the record saying that the toughest media that he ever faced yeah. was Barcelona. Now mm-hmm. he may be rethinking that. I don't think he'll ever admit that it was Mexico. But we we watched a man. Really get to the point where he was like, you know, screw you guys. Like this is you, you (laughs) want the truth? All right, I'll give you the truth. Yeah. And before he was very, uh he's just a very eloquent coach. He's a very eloquent speaker. And I was told by sources close to Tata Martino that like one of the things that they really liked about him, the Mexican national team, was that he was such a professional with the media. You you weren't going to get controversy with him. He wasn't going to say or do something that was going to Uh, distract from the project like for instance Piojo Herrera where that's like that's probably what you're literally signing up for Uh, and in the end even someone like Tata was like really affected by that negative scrutiny. I also think it speaks
0: volumes about how much uh, either of us uh, really like Piojo as this uh, potential manager that 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 he that was the first we've uh, or actually just a second that we've mentioned him so far I mean I met today. him in Qatar <laughs> I met
1: him in Qatar so randomly I was walking yeah. to oh man I was with Fernando Fiore who we, we, sh- yeah. we shared an uber to a game I forget what game I think it was Brazil oh my gosh Brazil Korea maybe yeah and we were walking the same and we ran into Piojo like on the sidewalk and and F- Fernando Fiore and Pioho know each other from just previous work. And they were like, oh my God, they're like hugging and stuff. And like, I met Pioho, he's a great guy. And in my head, I'm like, you're the wrong hire. (laughs) I should have told him right there. Uh, Would you have actually have told him right there? I wouldn't have done done that. (laughs) Unless it was like presented to me. But again, like, you know, he's been campaigning for the job since for for over a year or more. And it's like, I don't think it's a good look. It's not a good look uh the thing is and we we've already talked about this is that with mexico and and mexico isn't the only federation that has these political conundrums every federation does but you know Piojo is a guy that's very well connected to the very top of the mexican football federation he was Mm -hmm. like he was the coach at club america when john de luisa was managing that club like Mm -hmm. they are Mm close and that gives him a leg up honestly because if 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 the the committee here the club committee here that's choosing the coach uh, is is enamored by anything that John de Luisa may say about Piojo and some of the other candidates perhaps don't fit he's he's going to get a, a nice look uh, and and if if there's one thing we know about John de is that he can you know he can sell anything he can sell <laughs> anything so you never know
0: most up and related to that, we're going to switch over to uh Liga Mecchi and FMF having their 90 plus minute press conference last week. This was in response to, I mean, I think it was the Luisa said it himself, just a, a pretty underwhelming uh 2022 for both the men's and women's national crisis, teams. crisis, yeah, crisis. There, that Absolute was yeah, the that...
1: crisis in 2022.
0: So that's what he said there. Um. They made proposals to change the Mexican soccer uh, infrastructure with the FMF. Uh, you know, they announced with, you know, uh, or I should say the uh announced with an eye towards the 2026 world cup. Um, you know, they discussed about the new national team committee. I guess that's what probably we translate it to in English, right? I mean, just national yeah, team committee. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's a committee. It's a committee.
0: Yeah. The new, uh, the new executive uh, director of national teams, uh, and, and also an aim to face, I believe it was a high level opponents and schedule a 2025 summer competition uh, for, for all three. Um, you know, f- before we dive into the, the League of Equis stuff, because that's an, that's a podcast in itself to dive into <laughs> what, what they talked about uh, with uh, at the League of Equis level with Mikel Ariola, who, you know, he had his usual, you know, like, you know, presentation with stats and graphics. He loves his PowerPoint yeah. presentations, yeah. but he's an economist me, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. And no, I think I think it makes sense. But Felipe, your thoughts on what I know it wasn't the focus uh, of of this presentation. I feel like there's a huge focus on what, what was happening uh, with Liga or to propose changes that could happen in Liga But your thoughts on what the what what the Luis announced, because for me, it's 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 a little bit of a confusing kind of web of responsibilities with the national, the national team committee and the executive director of national teams. And I could see what the FMF is trying to do, but to me, it feels like it's kind of, I don't know, compounding this problem, if you will. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how, how you feel about this.
1: It's, it's difficult to know at this point, if anything that they've decided to do is going to help. And I, I go back yeah. to the end of the world cup when they were eliminated. And, and that was the big, the big, picture a uh, question is like how do you how do these men that have been part of the problem now provide the solutions and so yes he said at the time after they're eliminated mexico was eliminated that they're going to go through like the 60-day period and i think they hit it i think that that press conference came on like day 57 or something like that uh but I, you know i'll go back to what uh your your colleague at esp in mexico rafa ramos what he said in a column that um, i'm actually I, I filed a story about Copa America and, and and what that means for Mexico and South America, etc. And Rafa Ramos, like his column about the Copa America announcement and during that press conference, was he called John Duilio an opportunist? Like this was yeah. just a, 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 a convenient moment for an under fire federation, a, a president who's under fire, to announce. This big alliance with Concacaf uh, and mm-hmm. COMOBOL. and now we've, you know, according to Luisa, we've been waiting for years. We finally have Mexico back in the Copa America, and, you know, there's, there's that's good, I guess. You know, that's something that obviously Tessa Martino was like very adamant about. You've got to get right. Mexico back in Copa Libertadores. You've got to get them back in Copa America, uh, but it's it's that's not the end all. Like there there's still. Right the bigger question is like, who's going to be the coach? How's this program going to be run? What exactly. things are going to change? You know, what, what is the new generation you mentioned yourself? Like what is, who's, is, who's going to be the man, uh, the men and women and like really tasked with like ushering in this new generation of players uh, and, and in doing so in the one, a very peculiar international runway to a world cup, no qualifiers. Yes. You have gold cup. Yes. You have nations league, but for me the press conference the takeaway was it was uh you know federation officials that are doing what they said they were going to do but from what i read from the experts at mexican football it was a lot of the same old promises and so exactly yeah that, that i think that's that's the disappointing aspect if you're a fan is that okay they've, they 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 want to change they want to get more players out of europe okay so that was on the slide you know they want to they, they, I Aureli even mentioned the number of players that the US has, the number of pressure players that the that Brazil and France have. Uh, I'm sorry, Brazil, Chile, uh, and Argentina have abroad. And like, how do they do that? They're going to incentivize teams and the MX to sell more players, to play more Mexican players. And like, it just felt like very desperate, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, it, it was much of a uh, sort of a grab bag of like solutions and ideas that they threw on a wall, they put on a presentation, and then they expected everybody to just, eat it up so uh it's still a long way to go in my opinion as far as like getting the sport in the league the national team moving in the right direction and really quickly
0: some of those and remember some of these are for those listening these are proposals it's not you know yeah I yeah. feel like for whatever reason you know maybe it was just for clicks maybe it's just uh that's what you know, some uh Mexican you know, you know soccer papers were trying to do but you know they started talking about just like oh look. You know, you know, Ascenso the Senso, it's back. It's like, no, it's not back no, yet. It's, not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not back yet. It still needs to be approved, you know. And, and even it's if not it is going approved- to
1: be approved.
0: Yeah. And even, even if it is approved, as we've as we've heard before in the past, at least four, a minimum of four second division teams need to be eligible in order for promotion or relegation to, to return. Not as happening. of now not happening Leon- anytime as of, soon. As of now, it's just Leonis Negros. It's just Leonis Negros from Guadalajara who, who are approved, but they want to. So some of the changes, proposed changes, because once again, the, the the clubs have to approve this in May. Um, so for the listeners, so uh, it's a return to eight playoff spots instead of 12. It's dropping the number of foreign players per roster from eight to seven. Uh, it's a push to bring back promotion relegation. They want to end the practice of single entities owning more than one club. They want to create a new trophy for the team with the highest total points over full year, but so still it's for, a
1: supporter but, shield. It's an, yeah, it's exactly, a supporter yeah. Shield, right?
0: Yeah. But still, but, st- but still keep the two playoffs, which is confusing. And yeah, like facilitating more transfers abroad for players. But I like what you said, where it felt more like all of this felt more like desperation because I felt like they try to present as if this it's an, an ambitious new era. Because I think it was Mikel Ariola who said this is a this is a before and after, I think yes, that's what he said. He did. And to me, it didn't feel ambitious. It didn't feel exciting. It was almost as if they were looking around and saying, "Hey, this ship might actually be sinking. so yeah. maybe we should de- we should we should do something about it and try to fix some things." And as opposed to, this is an ambitious new era in Mexican soccer. That's not what it felt like to me. It felt like, let's try to stop this ship that does look like it's sinking oh, and by the way, before we approve, you know, fixing that hole, that hole, that hole, we have to wait until May. And that's, that's what it felt like to me. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah.
1: there was a lack of innovation, you know, there was a lack of like, wow, this is like a really great idea. This is going to change the way the, the the league is run. A lot of it was like looking over their shoulder. Like, what are the, what are the Americans yes. doing? You know, exactly. what, what what's happening in, in South America? How do we catch up with them? Uh, and, and, you know, Ascenso decenso that that's just not going to get the votes that it needs. There are too many owners that lose too much money when their teams are relegated and then you know've spoken to 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 owners in in, in liga MX, um and they it's like it's out there in public too that, like there are teams that come up that aren't equipped to be in the first division yep. they can't hang yeah. financially. So that's that's a that's a that's a bad look for the league and that 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 sets them back economically and financially so uh took, for me it was like they were putting like they were airing it's not really dirty laundry, but they're like airing like their uh a lot of the issues that they have publicly and in a presentation and saying we're going to address all these things, but a lot of the ideas at times seemed seemed like they were just almost impossible to to commit to because of the fact that. Part of the problem with mexican soccer is that people don't agree like you don't exactly. get the consensus yeah. to agree yeah. to go yeah. in the same direction i mean something as basic as like can i get these players for a friendly no the yeah. club say no and then the national team coach is once again like you know playing second fiddle so uh yeah you know we'll see we'll see i, I think this is you know once it once they make the hire for the national team coach and again uh, De Luisa in that press conference mentioned uh, a lot about like the restructuring of the federation and now they've brought in someone else to look over the sporting department now Oriales is reporting to somebody else apparently so like there's still a lot of politics going on and what happens on the field just doesn't seem like it's that important right now like I think yeah. things are going to continue to go as they have for some time
0: yeah no, 100% agreed and yeah I was just left with like I said, just uh, like I felt like less ambition, more so of we need to fix things. Um, even though they try to, you know, present it as a really ambitious idea, and yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait to see what happens in May. I know a lot of people were getting really excited about like, oh, promotion relegation is ending. Oh, look at this, they're bring it. I was like, no, let's wait till May and we'll see what actually is. And once again, like I said, even if some of the, some of these things are approved, let's say. Uh, teams would say, you know what? Yes. Somehow if they all magically say, you know, multi-ownership of clubs, you know, we can't do that anymore. They could easily say that. And then as Mikel Ariola noted in the in the press conference, he noted that it's going to be a process uh, yeah. to, to, to sell uh, those clubs. It'll be a process to, I think he said it was to maximize the value of those clubs first before trying to sell and who knows, sell those and who knows how long, that could take and there there is no timeline on that so yeah well, so, you know, yeah, else, yeah. you know what else
1: you know what else Miguel Oriola said is that yeah. if if mexican clubs have a have a player that a european team is interested in and the european team is like we want him we're ready to pull the trigger let's do the deal and the mexican club you know uh sits on their hands like you know digs their feet in and and doesn't do the deal he said we're going to get involved the league is going to yeah. get involved that's bizarre that's like it is it's strange isn't it that's, and that, you know who else does that mls that's what mls yeah. does because every player in mls is an mls employee they're not yeah. an employee yeah. of the club they're an, they're yeah. a league employee so once transfers start coming in or a, or there's a there's a bid for a player you know yes they, the, the 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 european club or the, the the foreign club deals with the club straight up then the agents are involved and all of that's going on just like it is all over the world but in the end the league approves these deals, the league can, can put their foot on a deal. Like that stuff happens, and that's something that Mikhail Ariella said publicly, like we're going to step in. And that was yeah. to me, that was incredible to hear, um, because that, this is the guy that really admires the way the American sports leagues run and the, and yeah. the salary cap. He's a big fan of the salary cap. He's a big fan mm-hmm. of, of the way that MLS has so much control over their teams and their players. And that, to me, was like a warning shot to agents, to club presidents, to executives, to officials, and everyone else that has their hands on, you know, in in, in the money making machine that is Mexican soccer. He was basically saying, like, we're going to step in if things don't go the way we want.
0: Yeah, I definitely found that fascinating too, and how he said that they're going to try to help with the process of gaining passports uh, for for players who, who want to move yeah, abroad how, too. They, yeah, that was I. I had to re I had to reread that. That I took a screenshot, and I still am not entirely sure how the league can help attain those passports earlier. You could does the league of my keys somehow be like, hey, no, I know that player couldn't get the EU passport. But we're League of Mechies, Can you help us out? Like, how does that it, I mean it was like he was
1: admitting <laughs> to like saying, like, hey, if we need to like hand some, you know, some money under the table to get these, you know, that's what it sounded like because there yeah, are like international that. like laws that like govern the way players can earn or, or any individual can earn a passport or dual citizenship. It was like that that's it's not something that the league can control. But if you're trying to like game the system, you know, show us. <laughs> like, let me know how you're gonna do that. <laughs>
0: Well, it was a very interesting uh, press conference. Like I said, it was a ninety-plus uh, minute press conference there with uh, Areola and Luisa. But uh, Felipe, you you mentioned it there about MLS, and we should let's let's talk about uh, that actually because um, we haven't got your thoughts yet. We talked about in the last episode about uh, League's Cup um, that's coming up this summer. Um, personally, sometimes I'm a little skeptical when it when it when it first came to the League's Cup tournament, but then now. Of course, as, as as someone who likes both MLS and Liga MX, I'm absolutely fascinated by this tournament this summer. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts um, on on the competition. Are you hyped for it? Are you excited for it? Are you also feeling a little weirded out that the games aren't in Mexico, but you understand financially why they're 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 above uh, above the border? But I'm curious to hear your your thoughts on upcoming uh, competition. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely have a lot of intrigue, and I think it's it's a better iteration of like previous, uh, you know, ideas to 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 try to get MLS and League MX playing in like actual competitive games and like putting things on the line and like make, like just raising the stakes, uh, you know, getting beyond the All Star Game format. Like that's the only way to get these two leagues together. Those those games don't matter. Uh, so I like League's Cup as a format. I like it as an idea to to push the leagues. Uh, closer and closer together in a competitive way. I also think it's like you're basically getting a trial run on what a super league can look like in right, in North yeah. America, which no. let's be honest, like those leagues are going to happen in our lifetime. There's we're going to see super leagues and and from what I know about MLS, uh they're not shy about experimenting. And yeah. and trying things and and getting FIFA approval to try things and then that could potentially lead to something that we're, that we didn't have on our radar. So, yes, the fact that it's only in the U.S. I think it it does minimize the the temperature check for the for for what this tournament can be like because. Uh, everyone on the MLS side wants to see MLS teams playing in the environments that we see in Mexico and like uh-huh. really testing uh-huh. the players of like having to travel, having to set up camp for three days in in Toluca or in Mazatlan. And like, you know, then again going to a game and playing a game against a team that's in front of their fans. And you're not going to get that this time. It's going to sound like a bunch of, as Mexicans say, Molero games. let's be honest it's going to feel like a molero tournament uh but so i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt i really am because i want to see how the mls teams prepare for these matchups against the uh, league mx teams i still think that league mx just has better talent they just all around have better talent they have uh their their programs and their projects are more mature uh and so the coaching there's a lot of good coaches in mexico that are going to come to the u.s and these tournaments and like i think they're going to have pressure to win games like that's what's intriguing to me is that all the league mx teams are going to be under immense pressure to not lose to the mls sides
0: yeah Uh, and
1: so i think you're going to see mls uh league mx teams firing their coaches after a poor result against the colorado rapids you know like things like (laughs) that you know so that'll be fun for headlines. And for us that cover the the, the game, you know, I think it's going to be exciting, but uh, it's definitely still wait and see. There's a lot of games that we're putting these players asking them to play through. And then you know, yeah. this is like stopping the leagues and playing a world cup style tournament in the middle of the summer.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's another conversation too. I think also um, aside from my excitement about uh, this tournament is that you keep seeing all this stuff. You keep seeing, you know, the CONCACAF CONMEBOL uh, announcement, the Leagues Cup, and then you, and you're like, okay, so players on paper could potentially be involved in Leagues Cup. They could potentially be involved uh, in the Gold Cup. They could potentially be involved in the CCL. They could potentially be involved in like a Campionis Cup. They could potentially be involved in <laughs> you know, national team friendlies. And you do start to wonder, like, at what at what point is this is this
1: is Is it too much too much yeah at what
0: point is it too much is it i'm sure you know as someone who covers this sport too just like me so it's it's difficult sometimes i know not to be complaining about my job but sometimes it's difficult to find space which is like oh i i could find this tiny little sliver of a break right here where there's nothing going to be happening (laughs) right after christmas and you know before january like especially with league of mechies but but you you do start to wonder like at, at what point is, is there going to be is there ever going to be a point I guess is my question where it's an oversaturation when it comes to, you know, not only just like Mexican soccer fans but maybe American soccer fans with 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 some of these tournaments.
1: Yes, I think if you ask like TV executives because I've done this before, there's like no such thing as too much soccer to them right. because their argument is that well Felipe like you grew up in the '90s, how did you watch soccer? And I'm like I didn't, <laughs> you know, like you couldn't, you had to like. <laughs> yeah get your dad to climb on the roof and like install an antenna to get anything you know outside of like just right. basic stuff or you had uh, the friend
0: with the big with the big fan like yeah you, you had the friend who had the, the big fancy antenna be like house. you go to totally, that guy's house, totally. He's you know, you that guy's house
1: yeah, like <laughs> you do all that um so i think if on the business side it's it's just trending in, in in the right way for from a business perspective and now you have big tech giants like apple getting involved like they've signed they've you know, $2.6 right. $2. billion for a 10 year deal with MLS. I honestly am a fan of that deal. I think MLS was struggling and falling behind and being and they were way too localized, way too regional. Uh, and the other day, like I was just checking out the content on and the, the interface, the Apple interface. And I was like, this is really good. Like, not that the content was great, but I was like, OK, now I know where to go to watch games. Anyone in the world can now just go and watch an MLS game uh so you're gonna see least cup games on apple tv uh and and that's going to help both leagues in the end uh but yeah like i still struggle with like for instance nations league what's the point like i like yeah talk yeah. me into it like someone sell yeah. me nations league because other than okay well now you have to qualify you know you can use nations league to qualify for cup america 2024 fine i get it but other than that It's 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 still like just one other tournament that we're trying to make sense of. Uh and in the end, like I said before, I think it's an unstoppable train though. I think both the CONCACAF, League MX, and MLS see the value in getting together and and doing, you know, more games, more tournaments. And then there's the comable CONCACAF final four
0: thing that they're gonna come
1: up with too that's going to pit South American clubs against CONCACAF clubs in, in, in sort of a trial tournament. So, yeah, I think as a fan, you're just going to have to choose if you are into it or not.
0: Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like, you know, I feel like the only reason I I understand a lot of these tournaments games is because I, it's literally my job. And I wonder yeah. about casual fans, like how, like how complicated does it come to, to look to, to really understand all of these different tournaments and competitions. And like you said, it's, it must be such a tough sell sometimes as well. I mean, but- especially
1: for yeah. league MX fans, like league MX is like an intense league. Like you're trying to yeah. win the league. Like you're trying to win yeah. another star. You're trying to be- become, you know, part of a almost 100 year league and like be a champion of that league. And mm-hmm. like there are generations and generations of fans that support these teams and, that's the only thing that matters to them is beating Chivas, beating America, beating Monterrey, like winning the league. Are they going to care when they see the Houston Dynamo against their club? Like, yeah. Are they going to care? And, and, and I'm talking about people in Mexico that have to tune in and watch the game. Because right. if you're right. in Houston and your club that, you've, that your grandparents, your, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins all support, you're probably going to go to the game. Right, right. And that's what MLS and, and League MX is counting on. But are you, is is the the diehard that goes to the weekend games every every weekend in Mexico, are they going to care about League's Cup? Like that's going to be a huge uh, test case to see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see how that turns out. And obviously, you know, because I'm a, I'm a huge soccer nerd. Actually, what, what, what I find interesting, and I know we should probably start wrapping up the pod soon. Uh, what I find interesting is that I agree with you that I think, some of the Liga Mekis sides, if I remember what you said correctly, uh, let's say the top heavy ones are probably the favorites to, to win the competition, let's say.
1: yeah.
0: What I'm fascinated by are the mid to lower tier uh, Liga Mekis teams. How are they going to compete? Because I feel like there's still a pretty big difference between, let's say, a Rayados or Tigres and what they spend on their hmm. roster to, let's say, let's say Queretaro. let's just throw them in i'm, yeah. I'm fascinated when you, when you look at the leagues cup groups i am genuinely fascinated and seeing Necaxa versus charlotte and i'm like <laughs> i have how is that going to turn out i have yeah. no idea so i think even though what's probably going to sell tickets i think what's probably going to you know get the most headlines is just you know obviously you know any game that like the league of mechies giants are, like involved in yeah but the Necaxa versus charlotte's that's what i'm <laughs> yeah. absolutely fascinated by. And i know i'm Probably the minority would I, would I say that, but I, that's that's what I'm really hyped about are those games just because I know it's not it, it's not going to be, you know obviously this tournament, it's it's not like the CCL. it's i don't I don't think it's a perfect example which league is better. Oh, it's like, oh, they won this year this year, therefore, that league is better. it's 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 imperfect to me, but yeah, it's still really fascinating kind of measuring stick. And I'm like I said, I'm really excited about by, by by those mid to lower tier teams.
1: No. And, and just quickly, you know, there, and there's so many variables. Like I, I wrote about this when, when that was announced, I wrote like, yes, this is going to be one of those tournaments like leaks up is going to, you know, beg the question, you know, who's is the, is MLS catching up? Is the gap closing? Because that's going to be a, a, a decent barometer, but it's not the only barometer. It just, isn't like that. Like I said, mm-hmm. you go back to the way uh, Mexico as a country develops footballers and and the academies that they have and the history that they have. Like the U S is is still catching up. Like it doesn't matter that they have yeah. nine players playing the champions league, like mm-hmm. to be an elite team consistently and be a regional power. Like you have to go b- way beyond just the players that are playing at the highest level. Uh, and, and then there's going to be variables like who's in form, who has injuries, who doesn't. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, like Tigres is like this glamor club. They're like a galactico club in, in, in North America. That's a team that should be at the club world cup, you know, like, the Leagues cup is going to be almost like okay here we're showing up to play like that's a club that expects to be playing against the best teams in the world at the club level uh and so you know if that incentivizes them and motivates them like okay if we win this thing we're getting back to the club world cup great but that 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 should be the expectation like the incent- to incentivize those big clubs to show up with their top players to care about the tournament is to give them the opportunity if you win this you know, you might you might play Real Madrid
0: and yeah. wherever. Yeah. Hey, get another chance. They maybe down the line against Bayern Munich. It wasn't too long ago. They just <laughs> narrowly lost one yeah. nothing to Bayern Munich in that club World Cup final. ever heard Gignac even I think he had tried a bicycle kick in that final, if remember correctly. Um, which I mean that's just gignac. He likes to try at least one ridiculous shot per game, but that's why we all love to watch that that, that French star over there in League of peace yeah. But Look, Philippe, i think we're we're about uh, out of time here, but uh, thank you again so much, man for for joining us on the pod today and uh any other final thoughts as we uh, you know as we uh, close out the show here?
1: No, I mean, listen, first of all, yeah, I had a great time. It was great to see you again yeah, um we I know we had we had some great conversations, great experiences too at the World Cup. We were sitting next to each other at Argentina, Mexico, which didn't go Mexico's way, but it's still like one of those games that was unbelievable to witness, unbelievable yeah. to witness um And so good to see you again. And again, like you, it's, it's, you mentioned at the top, uh, there's a lot of news to come. There's a lot of news to come. I think the next two weeks are going to be really important for what happens at the national team level for the men's side. Uh, And, and and moving forward once, I think once MLS kicks off and, and these two leagues start to sort of look at each other, look over their shoulders uh, it's only a matter of time before we're talking about a, a serious tournament like Leagues Cup and like what it means for the sport. But for now, we wait. We wait to see if these officials can make the right decision.
0: One hundred percent. One hundred percent agreed. Thank you again, Felipe. Thank you to all the listeners. Uh, thank you to producer Avi and also Wisa for for helping to uh, uh, upload the today's pod. Shout out, um, shout out to them. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode of the Mexican Soccer Show. See you guys around.